Recorded live. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning. How are you today? Today is Monday, May 2nd, 2016. That's the 24th of Nissan in the year 5776 on the Hebrew calendar. Welcome to the Daily Prayer Walk. I am your host, Pearl Penny Lane Solis. And uh, unfortunately, today I'm here by myself. Um, Although I guess I shouldn't say I'm by myself. You're with me, aren't you? (laughs) And of course, God is always with us as well. So, yeah, thank God for a new day. Thank God for a new week. How awesome is it that we get to open our eyes and try again today? Whatever's going on in your life, today is a great day to start over, a great day to try again and to let go 
of whatever it is that's holding you back, to let go of the fear, to let go of the worry, to let go of the thought that you are not good enough because you are. So today's Psalm Notation are chapters 113 through 118, and our daily thought is God within. As always, we'd like to start with our Dear Lord Prayer. And if you don't have a copy of this, you can grab a free Daily Prayer Walk agenda by heading over to any one of my websites forward slash walk. You can go to happylittlemama.com forward slash walk, penniesempowermentclub.com forward slash walk, the wedding VA, virtualassistantva.com forward slash walk. And you can download a free copy of the Daily Prayer Walk agenda and grab your copy of a prayer request log. That is such an amazing, powerful faith-building tool. It's one of the things that I've noticed has made more of a difference in my personal life, my prayer life, because it's really hard sometimes um, for us to see God in our lives. And the best way to do that is if we start keeping a prayer request log. I'm going to go ahead and reposition myself here. Sorry, uh, in case my voice sounds kind of weird. Um, one of the best things that we can do is get a prayer request log started. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't even have to be my prayer request log. You can grab a spiral notebook, divide it into four columns. Well, there's a couple of ways that you can, uh, a couple of ways that you can do this, but I really recommend the four column system. You start out in the very far left column. You put today's date, and then you put your request, and then you leave the space on the other two columns for the date when you received an answer and what your answer was. I find it really, really important because we get caught up in our day-to-day living. We get caught up in the big things. We forget about the little things sometimes. We forget about the times that God does answer us. Sometimes he answers us quickly. Sometimes it takes him a while to answer. And while we're waiting for the other answers, we forget about the ones that got answered more quickly. And we start to get discouraged and we think he's not listening to us and we think he's not doing anything for us when he is. So it's just a really great tool, a great reminder that everything is okay. He's under control. He is answering and he is with us. So let's go ahead and start with our dear Lord prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for being able to see him here this morning. We are blessed because you are a forgiving God and an understanding God. You have done so much for us and you keep on blessing us. Forgive us for everything we have done, said, or thought that was not pleasing to you, and for the times when we withheld a blessing or did not come to the defense of someone who needed it. We ask your forgiveness. Please keep us safe from all danger and harm. Help us to make the best of each and every day to clear our minds so that we can hear from you. Please broaden our minds that we can accept all things. Let us not whine and whimper over things we have no control over. And that's the best response when we're pushed beyond our limits. We know that when we can't pray, you listen to our hearts. Continue to use us to do your will. Continue to bless us that we may be a blessing to others. Keep us strong that we may help the weak. Keep us uplifted that we may have words of encouragement for others. We pray for those that are lost and can't find their way. We pray for those that are misjudged and misunderstood. We pray for those who don't know you intimately. We pray for those that don't believe. But we thank you that we believe. We believe that God changes people and God changes things. We pray for all our sisters and brothers and for each and every family member in their households. We pray for peace, love, and joy in their homes, that they are out of debt and all their needs are met. We pray that every eye that reads this knows there's no problem, circumstance, or situation greater than God. 
every battle is in your hands for you to fight, Lord. We pray that these words be received into the hearts of every eye that sees it and every ear that hears it. God, we love you and we need you. Come into our hearts, please. Amen. So what are we doing here today? What are we here for? We are here to worship, to bring the Lord into our day, into our lives, and to start our day with a different perspective. Instead of us against the world and the world is coming at us, let's look at it a little bit differently. If we reframe it and we think our loving Father is giving us experiences that we need in order to grow, the experiences that are going to lead us into our ultimate good and whatever our destiny may be. Because while he gave us free will, he has kind of a suggestion for our lives or what we could do. But he always gives us the option of choice. Giving us free will is the greatest gift that he could have given us. He created us. He doesn't treat us like Barbie dolls, contrary to what a lot of people may say. You know, it is true that we make plans. And in Spanish, down here in the Rio Grande Valley, which is along the U.S. Mexico border in Texas, they have a saying that says, uno pone Dios dispone. So one plans, and God changes the plan. But most of the time, that's in our best interest. And as parents, well, once you have children, even if you don't have children, if you're a babysitter, you have nieces and nephews, you know other kids, you know sometimes kids need guidance. That doesn't mean you're going to go in and live their life for them. It just means that you want to make sure they're on a good path and you want what's best for them. And that's the same thing with our creator, except on a much grander scale. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. Here I Upon that cross. 
God is so wonderful to us, and it's so powerful, amazing that we can actually come to his feet, to pray to him, to speak to him directly. There are a lot of different uh, practices and different individuals will say, we need an intercessory, we need an intermediate, somebody in between us and God. But my question is, why? Why do we need that between us? In the old days, we did have in the temple time, you had a couple of levels of Kohanim. We had the Kohanes, which are the, the high priests, and then you had the Levites, which are the priests that interacted between the Kohen and the people. And a big part of that was keeping everything ritually pure to be able to come to God in the greatest purity possible. And unfortunately, now that we don't have the temple, available. Um, We don't really have that available to us, but we have our individual churches, temples, synagogues that we can go to where we can worship. And if you don't have one of those, there's a proliferation of online worshiping areas, online places where you can come for fellowship, including mine. (laughs) It's really difficult um, to know exactly what is the will of God, what is the word of God, when we start looking at everyone else and we start looking for direction from everyone else, it starts to get really confusing because everybody has an opinion. <laughs> There's that saying that says, you know, opinions are like, you know, booties. Everybody has one, which is true. We all have an opinion. We read the same things and we can come up with several different perspectives, several different ways of viewing the text. And 
when you get people together, they start arguing about what is right and what is wrong. And you add money into the mix in some of the churches, and you have money, power, prestige. Yeah, it's it's a toxic mixture sometimes, a toxic recipe. But it's really important to note that that's not what we're there for. Wherever you go to worship, remember that it's not about those things. It's really easy to complain, to get caught up in the drama. This is happening, and this person did this, and this person's wearing that, and oh my gosh, they didn't come dressed a certain way. Whenever you catch any one of those thoughts, because I'm not going to say you have them all, but I am going to say that we're all guilty of thinking at least one of those thoughts at some point during service. Oh, we're thinking, wow, you know, this, this person really likes to talk. <laughs> Now, when is this homily going to be over? And man, I can't wait. After service, I'm going to go barbecue. We're thinking about the things that we're going to do when we get out of there. We're thinking about how uncomfortable we are in our clothing. We're thinking about how, you know, someone's child is crying. And I wish they would be quiet. And why did they bring their child? And how come the church doesn't have a place for the children? And how, you know... At any point during the service, there are any number of questions and thoughts, random things that can pop into our minds, and you might feel guilty, and you might immediately redirect yourself, which is amazing, and try to focus on the message of the service. And usually there is a message. Every service is geared towards passing on some kind of teaching, some kind of lesson that will help you to further your walk and to give you the information or a different perspective, possibly, but you need to have a breakthrough, whatever it is that you are struggling with. So, yeah, that's really important to remember that. Don't be discouraged. You know, if you found a place, if you found a spiritual home, whether it be a church, synagogue, temple, whatever it is, um, don't be discouraged. We are human, and we're going to have that human failing. And you're not there because your spiritual leader is perfect. You're there because you want to deepen and broaden your own spiritual walk. And if you focus on that, focus on what you can take out of that day's lesson, of that service. And focus less on what other people are doing or saying. And kind of like they say online, don't feed the trolls. If you don't feed the trolls in your spiritual life, you're going to come out much better for it. You'll notice that it kind of fades away and it's not such a big deal anymore. But things will still be there. The drama will still be there, you know, the clothing, the whatever it is, the difficult person. But you'll remember what you're there for. You're not there for that. You're not there for anyone else. You're there for your own spiritual walk and to get closer with our Creator. So don't get discouraged. Stick it out. And, of course, you're always welcome here with me online, too, you know, for fellowship. And if you need someone to talk to, I'm always available. Just send, you know, a message through my contact page on any one of my websites. But we were designed to have fellowship with each other. And I cannot stress how important it is to find a place, find a spiritual home. The Internet is an amazing, wonderful thing where we can interact, but it should not take the place of a physical place where you can go to feel encouraged, inspired, and to feel a little bit closer to God, like you're able to commune with Him. It doesn't matter whether it's you know, in the woods, it could be in the barn with your horses. It could be 
again in a synagogue, temple, church, wherever it is that you need to go, because there are times when we have to give ourselves a timeout. All of this online stuff is amazing, but it doesn't take the place of the physical things, the tangible things, the things that we can actually experience with all of our senses. And that's where you're going to get more of that feeling of being with God and feel a bit more grounded. Because the Internet is not something we can really touch. We can see each other through video chat. We can hear each other. But that's basically as far as we can go. We can't go have a cup of coffee together. We can virtually have a cup of coffee together. But it's kind of different when you're sitting there with somebody, having a cup of coffee, you know, having a pastry or even a taco or whatever it is. It's a very different feeling, and I really encourage you to embrace that and develop that. And, again, find a spiritual home, a physical place where you can go. There will be times when you need to take a break from the world, from your life, you might feel like there are so many things that are going on and you can you know that you can go to that place and as soon as you get there you're going to feel the peace because that is going to be your designated place where you can go to kind of get away from it all and feel God's presence a bit more. For me it happens to be farming. Anything with nature actually. I feel closer to him. But um, it really does make a difference to have a group of people that you can fellowship with because we don't always get along with each other. But this way, <laughs> you kind of have options. <laughs> there are others there. One day, uh, you and your best friend from um, the fellowship services are having a kind of out. There's someone else you can talk to. Or maybe somebody's busy and you have someone else available. And that's what's really, really important. It creates a support group. Excuse me. I will tell you that is how I was able to get off of five different medications. Five. I had medication for bipolar, um, depression, anxiety. So I had the medication for the depression. I had the medication for the anxiety. And then for the bipolar, I had a medication to calm me down. (laughs) Then I had another one to bring me back up because I was sleeping too much. And then I had another one still. I was trying to balance everything out. And I still was struggling in spite of those five different medications. So I started going to these prayer group uh, sessions on Tuesdays and Thursdays twice a week. And I kid you not, within just a couple of months, I I just literally, I would forget to take the medication, which is not something I recommend doing. I don't recommend quitting your medication cold turkey. But I can tell you that for me, my experience was that I woke up happier. I didn't need the medication anymore, and I I didn't take it. And I noticed a huge difference, and I realized what I really needed was that fellowship, that support group, that support system. Because I knew that no matter what happened in my life during those other days, I knew that on those specific days, I was going to go there. And I could share my story. I could share my week. I would be supportive. And then we would pray. Very powerful stuff. Okay. So let's go ahead and keep going here into our daily thought. And then we'll head into our song rotation. So our daily thought is God within. Before the Baal Shem Tov, people thought of God 
as the one who directs all things from above and beyond. The Volshentov taught that the vital force of each thing from which comes this personality is experience of pain and pleasure, its growth in life, that itself is God. Not, not that this is all of God. It is less than a glimmer of God because he is entirely beyond all such descriptions. But that life force is God as he is found within each creature he has made. Now, I never read these before I go live. So as I read these, I'm thinking about them just as you are. And the first question that came to mind was, who is this Baal Shem Tov? And why is he important? You know, why is it important what it was that he was teaching? So it turns out, the Baal Shem Tov, his name was Rabbi Yisrael Ben Eliezer. Uh, he was born circa 1700. He died on about May 22nd, 1760. Now, according to this, Baal Shem Tov means master of the good name. And it was a title given to this gentleman, this rabbi, who was the founder of the Hasidic movement, which is, I get this information from Chabad. So this would have been one of the founders for that movement. And the title, often abbreviated, after its initial letters, refers to the use, as in the Kabbalah, of various combinations of divine names in order to affect miraculous cures. Like other miracle workers of the time, was first known as a practitioner of white magic. But this aspect of his life is usually played down by the Hasidim, who prefer his role as spiritual master and guide to predominant. This came from Jewish learning, this information about him. This is really interesting. And this kind of goes off a little bit from our daily prayer walk here, but this is something I do want to discuss on one of our Bible studies. I want to talk about magic. We know that things like divination, uh, card reading, anything that has to do with consulting other entities, spirits, um, speaking with the dead. We know that those things are supposed to be awesome according to the Bible, whether you're reading the Old Testament or the New Testament. doesn't matter. It's written in there that those things are off limits. And yet you hear and you read, actually, some of the stories, and it sounds like they're using magic. What is that all about? So this is one of the things that we're going to discuss that on one of our Sunday Bible studies coming up really soon. I'm actually working on that for this week. We're going to be talking about magic and the Bible and whether it's possible for us to practice daily magic. <laughs> and, you know, it's a very fascinating topic because we may think of it as like a magician doing all these, you know, wonderful, wacky poses and all these fancy words and abracadabra and poof, you know. But we know those things are illusions, right? But what about other things? Is it really possible to affect the world with chants, with talismans, with candles even? So, very powerful topic. And we will be getting into that. If you have any questions about that or if you have something that you would like to have discussed, head over to any one of my websites, excuse me, forward slash contact, and we will talk about it for sure. 
All right, so our daily thought, right, is talking about how before everybody thought that God was directing everything from above, right? Like he's deciding what we're going to do, and we're basically just Barbies. Well, the Baal Shem Tov was teaching that it's the very essence of each of us that's God. Not that we're all God, but it's a little glimmer of God in each one of us because God is entirely beyond these kind of descriptions. But that life force is God. And he's found in every single one of us, every single one of the creatures that he has made, all the sentient beings. You look into the eyes of, I look into the eyes of cattle and I see a soul. I look into the eyes of our cats or our dogs and I see a soul. That soul that you see in their eyes, you see that being, that's a part of God. You know, when you look into the eyes of your children, each one of your kids has a piece of you in them. And we know that it takes the, the man and the woman to make the baby. And so we know that, biologically speaking, they do have part of you in them. But that's part of your life force that was used to create those children. There's a part of you in there. Just like there's a part of God in all of us. He created us, right? How amazingly powerful is it to think? Every time we run into somebody, a beggar, an abuser, a banker, a lawyer, a doctor, a mechanic, a plumber, and yet we're so disrespectful to each other, we're so unkind, and we think, oh, you're less than something. You're a plumber, oh, you're less than a lawyer. But I need to ask why. You know, they're both vital parts of our society. And granted, the plumber is going to be dealing with some very unpleasant situations, such as backed up toilets, you know. And the lawyer is going to be dealing with other unpleasant situations, like going through a, a divorce, perhaps going through probate after someone passes, having to deal with the will or an injury, you know, an accident, an auto accident or something perhaps. So each one of them is facing difficult situations or unpleasant situations. But why is one worth less than the other? If it wasn't for the plumbers, we wouldn't have good sanitation and we'd be getting sick all the time. Same thing for mechanics. I'm always using this example. The mechanics are the ones that keep our vehicles safe so they can be on the road And we can take our kids to their doctor's appointments. We can go to work to support our families. We could run our errands to get food for our families. Our vehicles are very important. And our mechanics are the ones that keep them on the road. Our mechanics are the doctors of our cars. And what would happen if you went to a bad physician and he didn't take care of your heart? You know, if he didn't check you out, if he didn't keep you healthy? Well, the same thing that will happen to our vehicle if we go to a bad mechanic. So why is the mechanic any less? Because he's getting dirty, whereas the doctor supposedly is cleaner, but is dealing with possibly body fluids and emissions, (laughs) you know? So the things, the difficulties are on a different level, but we do experience that. There's a bit of God in each of us. 
and it takes all of us to keep this world going. That's a very powerful thought. So let's see. I lost my page. All right, chapters 113 through 118, those are our psalm for today. As always, we start with chapter 145, heading to the Shema, and then we'll say our psalm. And if you have a prayer request or a praise report you would like to share, again, you can head over to any of them on my website, forward slash contact. Penniesempowermentclub.com forward slash contact. HappyLittleMama.com forward slash contact. The wedding VA, virtual assistant VA.com forward slash walk. And I'd be more than happy to pray over your prayer requests and share your praise reports if you would like. Uh, if you'd like to keep your name anonymous, make sure that you mention that in your comment and I will make sure to honor your wishes. So here we go. Let's go ahead and get started. Psalm 145, praise of David, I shall exalt you, my God the King, and I shall bless your name forever and ever. Every day I shall bless you, and I shall praise your name forever and ever. The Lord is great and very much praised, and his greatness cannot be searched. Generation to generation will praise your works, and they will recite your mighty deeds. Of the majesty of the glory of your splendor, and the words of your wonders I shall speak. On the strength of your awesome deeds they will tell, and your greatness I shall sing. Of the remembrance of your abundant goodness they will speak. And of your righteousness, they will sing. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and of great kindness. The Lord is good to all, and his mercies are on all his works. All your works will thank you, O Lord, and your pious ones will bless you. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom, and they will speak of your might to make known to the children of men his mighty deeds and the glory of the majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is the kingdom of all times, and your ruling is in every generation. The Lord supports all those who fall and straightens all who are bent down. Everyone's eyes look to you with hope, and you give them their food in its time. You open your hand and satisfy every living thing with its desire. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his deeds. The Lord is near to all who call him, to all who call him with sincerity. He does the will of those who fear him, and he hears their cry and saves them. The Lord guards all who love him, and he destroys all the wicked. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh will bless his holy name forever and ever. Amen. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Chapter 113. This psalm recounts some of the wonders of the Exodus from Egypt. Praise the Lord. Offer praise, ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. May the name of the Lord be blessed from now to all eternity. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is praised. The Lord is high above all nations. His glory transcends the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who dwells on high, yet looks down so low upon heaven and earth? He raises the poor from the dust, lifts the destitute from the dunghill, to seat them with nobles, with the nobles of his people. He transforms the barren woman into a household, into a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord. Chapter 114. This psalm explains why the tribe of Judah merited kingship. When Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of a foreign tongue, Judah became his holy nation, Israel, his domain. The seesaw fled, the Jordan turned backward, the mountains skipped like rams, the hills like young sheep, 
What is the matter with you, O sea, that you flee? Jordan, that you turn backward. Mountains, that you skip like rams. Hills, like young sheep. We do so before the Master, the Creator of the earth, before the God of Jacob, who turns the rock into a pool of water, the flintstone into a water fountain. Amen. Chapter 115. A prayer that God bring this long exile to an end, for the sake of his name, that it not be desecrated. Not for our sake, Lord, not for our sake, but for the sake of your name, bestow glory, because of your kindness and your truth. Why should the nations say, Where now is their God? Indeed, our God is in heaven. Whatever he desires, he does. The idols are of silver and gold, the product of human hands. They have a mouth, but cannot speak. They have eyes, but cannot see. They have ears, but cannot hear. They have a nose, but cannot smell. Their hands cannot touch. Their feet cannot walk. They can make no sound in their throats. Those who make them will become like them, all who put their trust in them. Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. House of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. The Lord who is ever mindful of us, may he bless, may he bless the house of Israel. May he bless the house of Aaron. May he bless those who fear the Lord, the small with the great. May the Lord increase blessing upon you, upon you and upon your children. You are blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he gave to the children of man. The dead cannot praise the Lord, nor any who descend into the silence of the grave. But we will bless the Lord from now to eternity. Praise the Lord. Amen. Chapter 116. This psalm contains magnificent praises to God. It also describes David's love for God. In light of all the miracles he performed for him, David does not know how to repay God, declaring it impossible to pay back for all that God has done for him. I would love if the Lord would listen to my voice, to my supplications, if he would turn his ear to me on the days when I call. The pangs of death encompassed me, and the misery of the grave came upon me. I encountered trouble and sorrow. I invoke the name of the Lord. Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is compassionate. The Lord watches over the simpletons. I was brought low, and he saved me. Return, my soul, to your tranquility, for the Lord has bestowed goodness upon you, for you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I shall walk before the Lord in the lands of living. I had faith even when I declared, I am greatly afflicted. Even when I said in my haste, all men are deceitful. How can I repay the Lord for all his beneficencies to me? I will raise the cup of deliverance and proclaim the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Previous in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his pious ones. I thank you, Lord, since I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosened my bonds. To you I will bring an offering of thanksgiving. I proclaim the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courtyards of the house of the Lord, in the midst of Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. 
Amen. Chapter 117. This psalm of two verses alludes to the Messianic era when the children of Israel will enjoy their former glory. All will praise God in fulfillment of the verse. All within call in the name of God. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For his kindness is mighty over us. And the truth of the Lord is everlasting. Praise the Lord. Amen. Chapter 118. This psalm describes David's immense trust in God. It also contains many praises to God who has fulfilled that which he has promised us. Offer praise to the Lord, for he is good, for his kindness is everlasting. Let Israel declare that his kindness is everlasting. Let the house of Aaron declare that his kindness is everlasting. Let those who fear the Lord declare that his kindness is everlasting. From out of distress I called to God with abounding relief. God answered me. The Lord is with me. I do not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is with me among my helpers, and I will see the downfall of my enemies. It is better to rely on the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to rely on the Lord than to trust in nobles. All the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I will cut them down. They surrounded me, they encompassed me, but in the name of the Lord, I will cut them down. They surrounded me like bees, yet they shall be extinguished like fiery thorns. In the name of the Lord, I will cut them down. You, my foes, repeatedly pushed me to fall, but the Lord helped me. God is my strength and song. He has been a help to me. The sound of rejoicing and deliverance reverberates in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord performs deeds of valor. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord performs deeds of valor. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of God. God has indeed chastised me, but he did not give me up to death. Open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter them and praise God. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous will enter it. I offer thanks to you, for you have answered me, and you have been my deliverance. The stone which the builder scorned has become the chief cornerstone. From the Lord has this come about. It's wondrous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice on it. We implore you, Lord, to deliver us. We implore you, Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We will bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is a benevolent God, and he has given us light. Bind the festival offering with cords until you bring it to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. My God, and I will exalt you. Praise the Lord, for he is good, for his kindness is everlasting. Amen. Let 
God is holy, and it'll be so awesome to see him. Um, awesome, but scary. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get into a parent's prayer. And it's particularly important to pray for good and upright children. While praying for this, we should also ask Hashem to provide for them all of their needs and send them their life's mate. Now, if you're having children and um, you're pregnant right now, you can place your hand upon your tummy, your hand on your wife's belly, and you can pray over your kids. And as well as um, grabbing a photograph of them, that'll help just to channel your prayer and to make it a little bit more powerful. If you don't have children, don't plan to have children, you can always pray over the children in your family, the people, uh, the kids on your street, especially the ones that seem like little punks. Those are usually the ones that need more prayer and they need more guidance. So um, it's very, very powerful. One prayer can affect the lives of many. It's wild how this works out for everyone's best interest even if sometimes it seems like a situation is negative there's always a positive somehow somewhere and some way might not be immediately visible or immediately understood but somehow it always turns out to be beneficial in the end so parents prayer it was you Hashem our God before creation and with you Hashem our God since creation from this world to the world to come, you are God. You created the world in order to make your godliness known through your holy Torah, as the sages of blessed memory taught. In the beginning, the world was created for the sake of Torah, for the sake of Israel. 
For Israel is your nation and your heritage. It is the nation you chose from all others, to whom you gave your holy Torah, and which you brought close to your great name. To ensure the continuation of your Torah, we received from you, Hashem, our God, two commandments. You wrote in your Torah, Be fruitful and multiply, and you also wrote, You shall teach them to your children. These two commandments have a single purpose. You did not create the world so that it would be desolate, but rather that it be inhabited by people. It is for your honor that you have meditated and fashioned the world so that we, our offspring, and the offspring of all of your people, in the house of Israel, know your name and study your Torah. And so we come before you, Hashem, King, who reigns over kings, and we cast our supplications before you. Our eyes dependently look toward you, and you will be gracious to us and hear us. Hear our pleas and grant us sons and daughters, and may they too be fruitful and multiply. They, their children, and their grandchildren until the end of all generations, so that they and we might be engrossed in your holy Torah, learning, teaching, safeguarding, performing, and fulfilling all the words of your Torah's teaching with love. Enlighten our eyes in your Torah and attach our hearts to your commandments to love and fear your name. Our Father, merciful Father, grant us all long and blessed life. Who is like you, merciful Father, who recalls his creatures mercifully for life? Remembers for eternal life just as Avram, our Father, prayed, Oh, that Yishmael might live before you with fear of heaven. It is for this reason that we come to ask and plead before you that our children and grandchildren be upright offspring, that no blemish or imperfection be found in our children or grandchildren, that they enjoy peace, truth, and goodness, and that they be upstanding in the eyes of God and man. May they become people of Torah, masters of scripture, Mishnah, and Talmud, masters of the secrets of Torah, people of misfits and acts of kindness, people of sterling character, and may they serve you with love and with true internalized fear of heaven not merely apparent fear. Please give each individual among our descendants all their needs in an honorable fashion. Grant them health, honor, strength, and give them stature, beauty, charm, and kindness. May there be love, brotherhood, and peace among them. Provide for them proper mates from families of Torah scholars and righteous God-fearing Jews or Gentiles. And may their mates also be blessed with everything we have asked for you to grant them, since one prayer can affect the lives of many. You, Hashem, know all these secrets, and before you all the recesses of our hearts lay bare. You know that all which we ask is for the sake of your hallowed, of your great and hallowed name, and for the sake of your holy Torah. Therefore, answer us, Hashem, please answer us, for the sake of our holy patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because the forefathers assist the offspring so that they grow to be branches which reflect their roots. This is for the sake of King David, the fourth leg of the holy chariot, who sings inspired by your Holy Spirit. A song of ascent. Praiseworthy is each person who fears Hashem, who walks in his path. When you eat the labor of your hands, you are praiseworthy, and it is well with you. Your wife shall be like a faithful vine in the inner chambers of your home. Your children shall be like olive shoots surrounding your table. Behold, for so is blessed the man who fears Hashem. May Hashem bless you from Zion, and may you gaze upon the goodness of Jerusalem all the days of your life. And may you see children born to your children. Peace upon Israel. Please, Hashem, who hears our prayers, may the words of the prophet, and as for me, this is my covenant with them, said Hashem. My spirit that is upon you, and my words that I placed in your mouth shall not be withdrawn from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your offspring, nor from the mouth of your offspring's offspring, said Hashem. From this moment and forever, be fulfilled regarding us. May the expressions of our mouths and the thoughts of our hearts find favor before you, Hashem, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. For the Code for Children's Illnesses. The following two verses are recited, recited responsively. 
do not please place upon us your first sin, for we have been foolish in that we have sinned. We have sinned our rocks, forgive us our molder. O oh God, please cure now the illnesses of Israel, called the vine that is fruitful, that shame, disgrace, and miserable is its fruit. Redeem it from ruin and from a wound that is festering. Answer us as you answered Abraham, our father, on Mount Moriah. We have sinned our rocks, forgive us our molder. The banner camp of the nation, who are redeemed of God's arm bared, rescue them from plague, and let them not become torn apart. Answer our call, for the work of your hands show your own concern. Answer us as you answered our forefathers at the Sea of Reeds. We have sinned our rocks, forgive us our molder. The merit of the rock Abraham, from whom we were hewn, today on our behalf reveals. Bear us from anger and guide us on a straight path. Cleanse our impurity and the light of your Torah to our eyes reveal. Answer us as you answer Joshua and Gilgal. We have sinned our rocks, forgive us our molder. O God, see the ashes of the Babylon Isaac and cause for us to sprout a cure. Bring it into plunder and destruction, storm and tempest. Teach us and give us the wisdom of your word, which is flawless. Answer us as you answered Samuel and Mitzvah. With in the rock, forgive us our molder. The one who is perfect from the womb, Jacob, has his roots do not allow to wither. Cleanse us from stain and disgrace, and let us not become miserable. Give us support so that we may be saved, and from your ways of kindness let us benefit. Answer us as you answered Elijah on Mount Carmel. We have sinned the rock, forgive us our molder. Strengthen us through the righteousness of Moses, who was drawn from the water, and forgive willful sin and unintentional sin. Save us from panic of death, and backward let us not retreat. Command our salvation, and in our iniquities let us not dissolve. Answer us as you answered Jonah in the innards of the fish. We have sinned our God, forgive us our molder. The holiness of your devout man Aaron, remember for the one Israel having lovely footsteps. Your mercy arouse, for we have been smitten doubly. Return us forcefully to your reverence, and let not be exposed our sins visible on the bottom of our garments. Answer us as you answered David and Solomon, his son, in Jerusalem. We have sinned our Lord, forgive us our molder. We have sinned our rock, forgive us our molder. Amen. The chapter of manna. And I do need to apologize. Um, I was having allergies this morning, so I took part of a Benadryl, and it apparently, <laughs> it apparently seems to be kicking in right now in not not the way that I expected it to. So I'm sorry about that. The chapter of manna. The commentator said to Yerushalami that one who recites this chapter every day is assured that his food will not be lacking. Levish explains that this chapter teaches that God provides each day's sustenance just as he provided the manna each day in the wilderness. When we look at this, it's very important. This can be very literal. It can be a literal blessing of food. But it can also be a blessing of perhaps uh, medical care. If you're needing medical care or if you're needing a vehicle, if you're needing a home, whatever it is that you need, it's very important to note that this covers everything. So while you might not get a basket of fruit, you might find somebody who's willing to rent their house to you. Or you might find up hearing about a sales event at one of the auto dealerships that will help you get into a new vehicle and the vehicle that you need. So it's very important to note that this is for everything. May it be the will before you, Hashem our God and the God of our forefathers, that you provide a livelihood for all of your people, the house of Israel, and my livelihood, and the livelihood of the members of 
my household included with them, with ease and not with pain, with honor and not with disgrace, in a permissible manner and not in a forbidden manner, so that we will be able to perform your service and study your Torah, just as you nourish our forefathers with manna in the wilderness, in a land arid and desolate. Exodus chapter 16, verses 4 to 36. Hashem said to Moses, Behold, I shall rain down for you food from heaven. Let the people go out and pick a portion of each day on its day, so that I can test them, whether they will follow my teaching or not. And it shall be on the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring, that it will be double over what they pick every day. Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel, In the evening you shall know that Hashem took you up from the land of Egypt, and in the morning you will see the glory of Hashem, when he hears your complaints against Hashem, for we are nothing that you should incite complaints against us. Moses said, When Hashem gives you in the evening meat to eat and bread in the morning for Sadie, as Hashem hears your complaints that you incite against us, incite against him, but we are nothing, not against us, your complaints, but against Hashem. Moses said to Aaron, Say to the entire assembly of the children of Israel, Draw near before Hashem, for he has heard your complaints. And it happened when Aaron spoke to the entire assembly of the children of Israel, they turned toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of Hashem was seen in a cloud. Hashem spoke to Moses, saying, I have heard the complaints of the children of Israel. Speak to them, saying, In the afternoon you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be sated with bread, and you shall know that I am Hashem your God. And it happened in the evening that the quail went up and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew surrounding the camp, evaporated the layer of dew, and behold, upon the surface of the wilderness was something thin exposed, thin like frost upon the earth. The children of Israel saw, and they said one to another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, This is a food that Hashem has given you to eat. This is the thing that Hashem has commanded. Gather from it, for each man according to what he eats, an omer per person, according to the number of your people, each man for whomever is in his tent shall you take. They did so, the children of Israel, and they gathered, he who took more and he who took less, and they measured in an omer, and no extra had the one who had taken more, and the one who had taken less was not lacking. Everyone according to what he eats had they gathered. Moses said to them, Each person shall not leave over of it until morning. But they did not listen to Moses, and some people left over from it until morning. And it became infested with worms, and it stank, and angry at them was Moses. They gathered it morning by morning, every man according to what he eats, and in the heat of the sun it melted. It happened on the sixth day that they gathered food that was double, two omers for each one, and they came on the princess of the assembly, and they told Moses. He said to them, This is what Hashem has spoken, a rest day, a Sabbath of holiness, for Hashem is tomorrow. That which you wish to bake, bake, and that which you wish to cook, cook, and all that is left over, put away for yourselves for safekeeping until the morning. They put it away until morning, as Moses had commanded, and it did not sink, and infestation was not in it. Moses said, Eat it today, for it is the Sabbath day for Hashem. You will not find it in the field. Six days shall you gather it, but on the seventh day, a Sabbath, there will not be any on it. It happened on the seventh day. Some went out from the people to gather, and they did not find. Hashem said to Moses, Until when will you all refuse to observe my commandments and my teachings? See that Hashem has given you the Sabbath, therefore he gives you on the sixth day food for two days. You should remain each man in his place, but not go out any man from his place on the seventh day. The rest of the people on the seventh day. They called the house of Israel its name manna. It was like the seed of coriander, but white, and its taste was like a cake bread in honey. Moses said, This is the thing that Hashem has commanded. An omer full of it shall be for a safeguarded treasure for your generations, 
so that they will see the food that I fed you in the wilderness when I took you out from the land of Egypt. Moses said to Aaron, Take one jar and put there an omer full of manna and place it before Hashem as a safeguarded treasure for your generations. As Hashem commanded to Moses, Aaron placed it before the Ark of Testimony as a safeguarded treasure. The children of Israel ate the manna for 40 years until they came to a land that was inhabited. The manna they ate until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. The Omer, the tenth of an epoch, it is. Amen.
Indeed, our God is awesome, stronger, and greater than anyone or anything in this world, especially those things that come against us. Now, it's very important for us to bless ourselves on a daily basis because um, all around us, not only are we imperfect humans that we find each other, you know, insult each other or look down on each other sometimes um, unintentionally or intentionally, but also we have the world of advertising and marketing that's always telling us that there's something wrong with us unless we buy a particular product. So we have all these things coming against us every single day. So it's really important for us to tend to ourselves and remember that we are much more than our physical bodies. We're much more than whatever it is that our wallet can buy. And certainly if God didn't have a problem making us the way that we are, then why should we have a problem? He was very proud of himself. He was proud of you, of the outcome of what his creation was. So, who are we to say that we are trash? Then we're saying that our God makes trash, which can't be true, right? So, with a beer cat, Tom McGill, here we go. We're going to bless ourselves. If possible, please place your hand upon your head if it's safe to do so. If it's not safe, please don't do that. Don't worry about it. Just follow along. Blessed are you, divine and infinite one, great guardian of the universe, who showers goodness upon all, because we are all deserving of goodness. Blessed are you who guides us in the right directions. Blessed are you who watches over and protects us by sending guardians our way. Blessed are you who empowers us to protect ourselves from harm of any kind, from harming ourselves, from harming others, from harming the world around us. Blessed are you who empowers us to bring goodness upon ourselves by making healthy and self-loving choices in our lives. May our own goodness, protection, and empowerment continue, and may we all know, see, and feel without a doubt the goodness that exists within ourselves, within everyone, within everything. May the infinite one who has bestowed these blessings of goodness continue to shower them upon those who are safe and especially those upon those who are in need and unsafe in this world. Amen. We're going to do the same thing to our children. If they are close by, you can place your hand upon their heads. If not, you can reach your hand out in their general direction or even better, grab a picture and place your hands over that. Focus with intensity as much as you can on their picture. All this does is generally just magnify your prayers. And uh, again, if you're pregnant, you can place your hand upon your tummy. You can place your hand upon your wife's tummy if you're a man. Um, Or if you're planning to have children, you haven't had children yet, you want to have children in the future, you can do the same thing. Place your hand upon your belly. Whether you're a man or a woman, you can start putting your hand on there and blessing your children to come. If you don't have children, don't plan to have children, you can always pray for your nieces and nephews and all the other children in your family or even the annoying kids down the street because, unfortunately, those are usually the ones that need a lot more prayer. Um, But it's awesome because that creates an opportunity for us. We can get a little bit closer to the Lord and we can do something good at the same time. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to pray over both the boys and the girls. And then we'll pray over the boys. And I'll say to, you know, place your hand just upon the boys and then just for the girls. Here we go. May God bless you and guard you. May the light of God shine upon you and may God be gracious to you. May the presence of God be with you and give you peace. Not just for the boys. May God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. May he give you a heart like King David, a mind like King Solomon's, and the patience of Job. Just for the girls. May God make you like Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah, and may he grant you the courage, the wisdom, and the strength of Ruth. Amen. 
It's been amazing having you with me this morning. And again, for any prayer requests and praise reports, please submit them through any one of my websites, forward slash contact. And um, if you would like for me to share them on the air, please mention that there. If you'd like it to remain private, again, all you have to do is mention that in your comments. And I will either withhold your name or your message or both. But I highly encourage you to share because hearing what God does for other people tends to inspire us and to make us feel like we can hang on. Uh, everything will be okay somehow. Yeah. So here we go. Oh, Elohim, our Adonai, if we are weary, give us strength. If we are discouraged, give us hope. If we have forgotten how to pray, remind us. If we have been careless of time, forgive us. Keep us from blaming others for our own faults. Help us to heal the wounds that we have thoughtlessly inflicted. Keep us from the pride that blinds the mind and from the anger that locks the heart. We thank you for the strength to work. We thank you also for the gift of rest. To the sick and the suffering, send your hope. To the forgotten and the lonely, send your love. To the confused and the distressed, send your light. To the weary and the wrong, send renewed strength. To the pursuers of justice, send wisdom and courage. To the seekers of peace, send vision and resolve. In moments of temptation, give us strength. In hours of doubt, renew our faith. Amen. Thank you so much for being with me today. I hope that you will join me again tomorrow for another Daily Prayer Walk. And again, if you need any kind of support or there's anything that you would like to discuss, head on over to any of my websites, forward slash contact, and let me know there. We will discuss it. We will cover it. Nothing is off on it. And uh, so until next time, please know that I wish you, I always wish you much peace, happiness, and success. And as he daily says, have fun, stay safe, and God bless.